0: Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway.
1: And I'm Maranella Mazzucato.
0: Uh, Happy National Coming Out Day, Marinella.
1: Thanks. I mean, I guess I got to do this again. But yes, I am gay. (laughs) Tell a friend.
0: (laughs) I'm actually sad I didn't know that this was National Coming Out Day or that National Coming Out Day even existed. Uh, you just informed me 15 minutes ago, so I, I wanted to, I mean, is that yeah. what you do? You just like tell people happy, you know, is that how you recognize the day? I don't know. You tell people happy? is it to raise happy? awareness? You know, I like, I hope you have awareness. a happy day.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the company I worked for asks me almost every year to participate in like telling my coming out story. Oh, wow. And this year, it was like something they wanted to record with video. And I'm like, my coming out story is not one that I want to share with my face. Like, I just don't want to do it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a bit like I do. If people want to share, I think it can be very powerful to share those stories. But I don't think people should be forced into it, especially if they're being asked to be on video and shared with their entire company many of whom i'm assuming you don't know like many of the employees there yeah right? and i
1: think it's i think it's going to go out to like our clients that we have and oh i like my. no you know i've i've raised the flag <laughs> i've done my part but did i t- i think i told my coming out story here on the podcast you so. did we don't have yep. to redo it like
0: we all know it's fine <laughs> go listen to that episode it's in our pride month stuff Um, I actually think the episode is titled coming out or something to that effect. I'll try to link it below in the show notes. Look at me sounding like a podcaster. All right. You know Uh, what the fuck you're
1: doing. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hear you have some Martha Stewart news for us and our (coughs) listeners. As I sip on this sparkling
1: water, which is from Target, it's a delight, um, I I started following Martha Stewart on Instagram, because why wouldn't I? And she has put out a ad with liquid death.
0: Oh. Do you know what liquid that's death is? the water, right? That's like. Uh, yeah, it's like
1: the most delicious water that's got like slightly sweetened. But she's made a liquid death fall candle, and it's like. Somebody has like a death grip on a can of liquid death. It's forty dollars, but Martha Stewart is like talking it up. You know what I mean? It's a Martha Stewart candle.
0: Hmm. I mean, oh I so we were talking two of my about favorite things have paired. Yeah, we were talking about like is it a fall smell, do we think? Like could I put it into my fall candle collection?
1: I think it's a fall smell. The the problem <clears> is, is like you're not gonna light a candle that looks that badass. Are you are you gonna do oh, it? Oh
0: right. So this is like a candle that you like use for decoration purposes. And then it gets yeah. like that thin little layer of like dust on the soy wax that you can't really get off, and
1: you yeah. just keep dealing
0: with it. Is that it's what like the so- candle
1: is? It's solid black death grip hey it's a hand death grip on oh. a liquid
0: death. Whoa. So it's kind of spooky. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it it on our
1: Instagram so everyone can see it. But I mean, obviously, I was in love when I saw it. I was like, oh, I have to have it. And then I looked at it. I was like, $40? Mm. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could buy a lot of liquid death with 40 bucks." Yeah. Was it liquid death? I feel like I saw some picture from Hurricane Ian where it showed like the – aisle where all the water is in the grocery store and it was completely cleared out except for some uh, liquid death because people didn't know that that was water so they like weren't buying it they assumed it was I'm assuming you know alcohol or uh, they think it's an
1: energy drink most of the time like or something like that or like if I drink it during a zoom meeting at work people think I'm like slamming a 40 which I wish (laughs) most of the time I was like god damn it if there was a time to begin <laughs> drinking in the middle of the day. It would
0: be during this call right now. Oh, but. well, I look forward to seeing the picture on the Instagram. Um, or realistically, you'll send it to me and tell me that that's what you posted. Because yeah, I don't never have s- social media. Yeah,
1: you'll never see it. That's OK. We can talk about social media in a, in a, in a way today. I know I I actually
0: have some things about social media for today's so today's topic is personal boundaries Mm -hmm. uh have you seen the movie Major League Major
1: League is that like the like a 90s 90s movie I probably have I don't remember it. I probably fell asleep
0: yeah Yeah. it's 89 I think um and it it follows the cleveland indians but it's a fictional right so it's like charlie sheen as a wild thing and um who else is in the movie renee russo's in it anywho mm-hmm. it's a very like quotable classic sports movie i had not seen major league in i don't know it's probably been 10 plus years so i decided to watch it this weekend yeah and uh it's like a lot of the lines stand up. It's really, really funny. But man, does the Renee Russo and um Taylor is the character's name, the catcher. And I forget Renee Russo's character's name, but uh Lynn, I think it might be Lynn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, their little romantic story does not hold up well. And it's like perfect, <laughs> perfect for our boundaries discussion. Because essentially the premise of their love story is that when he um, I think he was he didn't get a contract, another major league contract. So he went to play in like Mexico. He's a baseball player and he dumps Renee Russo when that happens. And then this movie, he gets a contract to play with the Cleveland Indians. So he's back in town and he runs into her wants to rekindle things but she is engaged to another man at this point and he Mm. just will not accept no from her he like yeah yeah he like sees her at a restaurant and he calls the restaurant and asks for her so she's like forced to come to the maitre d station and talk to him uh and then he like repeatedly asked to spend time with her or to like go home with her like I don't even remember what he's saying and she's like non-stop like no 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 he's not respecting that boundary he follows her home one day turns out it's not her home it's her fiance's home and he like crashes a party Ugh. then he follows her home another time and it is her home the whole time she has said no repeatedly to him and finally she like gives in and, oh, God uh, damn of course, it. what
1: the fuck?
0: <laughs> of course, she leaves her fiance by the end of the movie, and they are in a relationship. And I'm just like, what part of her saying no a dozen times did he not get?
1: I don't know. Some people like a predator, I guess. That's all I can think of in that situation. But that, that just, that's like, yeah, that's, that's gross. That's too much. I
0: know. But it does make me think a lot of those 90 movies, they like show this unhealthy, like chasing the girl, right? She says no, but she expects him to keep chasing her. And like that was kind of the whole socialization and like the mating ritual we were all sold. And it's like super unhealthy boundaries.
1: Yeah, I I think. I would hope that movies today don't portray that, but I don't know. I I guess I should pay more attention to that now.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anything as glaringly obvious as Major League. I mean, that was that was pretty egregious. Um, I'm sure, though, movies still have, you know, some unhealthy portrayals of relationships. Uh, I don't think we've totally solved that in the movie arena.
1: Or or the world, yeah.
0: (laughs) Or or the world in general. Uh, But yeah, we're talking about personal boundaries today. So let me start off by giving you a definition. And then you just let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you feel like this encapsulates it well. So personal boundaries is the practice of openly communicating and asserting personal values as a way to preserve and protect against having them compromised or violated. The term boundary is a metaphor where inbounds means acceptable and out of bounds means unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so reflections on that. Do you think that's how you would describe it? Anything I'm missing in this definition? No, I think that hits. I think the, like
1: the most important part of it is like the open communication of it because like if, it, if you don't communicate it, is it a boundary or is it like like a secret expectation or something? Is that different than a boundary? It's kind of
0: like... Yeah. I think it's still a boundary, but you... Yeah. You have to know it, and people have to know you have that boundary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think it could still theoretically be a boundary, but if you've not communicated it, then you can't expect the other person to read your mind and respect it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So with that said... Uh what would you say are some benefits of having well communicated and clear boundaries?
1: I mean, you like kind of keep your sense of self. You'd spend less time being angry or disrespected or misunderstanding people and having them misunderstand you. It's just um I don't know it's easier to be transparent about the stuff that's like at your limit
0: Mm -hmm. instead of just
1: waiting to see if somebody's like gonna figure it out like i used to do that i used to be like well maybe at some point this is going to be something you understand without me having to say it i just think it's so much easier
0: yeah absolutely agree um and yeah i think i think the sense of self and like Having, uh, you know, clear autonomy and clear identity are like some of the biggest reasons why boundaries are important. Because um, I think of the times where I've not done well with boundaries, and I've often lost myself in the relationship in some way, and it's usually almost always me. Um, kind of, oh, I hate to say self-sacrificing because i don't mean to make me sound like a martyr i actually think it's a problem because it's like i'm so willing to put the other person's needs and wants above my own that it's like yeah i'm losing myself in them to accommodate all their needs and wants but yet never ever asserting any of my own needs or wants
1: yeah same I, i can totally relate to that that's basically what i've done like my whole life and i think now that i'm you know i've gone to therapy i've talked about like establishing boundaries or figuring out what my boundaries are like i may have like gone to the opposite spectrum where i'm like
0: <laughs> rigid i'm not and-
1: i'm yeah like i'm not willing to compromise on these types of things um but in the same sense like when other people have things that they're not as willing to compromise on i used to be like the master like fucking negotiator like uh Mm. that's your boundary well I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna be the guy in major league (laughs) (laughs) but I don't do that anymore now I just kind of like somebody tells me something or like makes something clear to me I even if I'm not like on board with it I'm kind of like well I'm I'm not gonna push against that that's what you want and I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me so
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, well, this leads well. I mean, you've already somewhat answered my next question for you, but I guess I'll still pose it and we can talk a little about it. But, um, you know, how good do you think you are with boundaries? And I'll go first because I always make you go first. So I'll be kind yeah, You go, go first. first this time. Yeah. Um, I am. It really depends. I am very rigid and, you know, on certain things, almost perhaps a little too rigid. Uh, in some arenas I do have really healthy and good boundaries and other arenas I think I'm very uh, soft boundaries or I have a hard time communicating my boundaries interestingly enough one of the patterns I think I've noticed is the closer I am to you the harder it can be for me to set a boundary And I think that's because of a few things. One, I think it's easier for me to establish a boundary if I can do it from the get-go. So, like, if Mm -hmm. I'm meeting new people, I can kind of establish that from the get-go, and that's easier. Uh, And two, just, like, people that are closest to me... um, I don't know what it is and I well that's not totally true. I don't know that I fully feel comfortable disclosing everything maybe on the podcast. I've <laughs> talked about this in therapy a bit and I think I have trouble with vulnerability and intimacy with the people that I'm closest to and I think that that can be lead me to have difficulty establishing boundaries if they weren't previously established with people that I'm close to but if like I don't care about you I have no problem setting a (laughs) fucking boundary even if I've known you as an acquaintance for 15 years I will set that fucking boundary no problem
1: yeah I think it's harder because too like somebody's used to how you are
0: and if you automatically if you
1: like all of a sudden like tell them hey um like if I I've had to tell people like that I don't particularly like certain like nicknames that they've called me that they've called me for a long time like there was a girl that used to call me Mary and like I was like after a long time I was like hey could you not call me that and it and it was kind of weird you know it was awkward
0: mm, to like have yeah. a change yeah
1: yeah
0: uh, would now be the time to ask you if it's okay to call you Mayor and continue to call you that. <laughs> I like Mare.
1: Mare's fine. Like I have a ton of nicknames. Like, but for some reason that Mary one was just like I never got on board with it, and it was somebody mm-hmm. that I actually dated too. And I I think I may have, may have given her a pass because I was into her at the time. But after after it crumbled, I was like, hey, just don't call me Mary anymore because I don't like it.
0: It was our dating she was like, nickname. She
1: was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh but was she ultimately accepting and respecting of that or
1: um I guess I don't know she wasn't very respecting of me in general so I I, mm. I kind of let her go you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah yeah that was another
1: boundary I put up I was like I
0: think I'm done with you yeah so interestingly enough and uh let me know if I'm wrong here but I think I'm pretty good at respecting other people's boundaries like when people maybe it was not always true when I was like a teenager and early 20s but certainly since like mid-20s if someone has set a boundary I'm like pretty good at respecting that boundary
1: you you definitely are I don't know that I am I think I sometimes have a tendency to unload And that's a boundary for me where I'm like, that's like an internal struggle for me to be like, okay, you don't have to fucking bitch about this again. And I think that is a boundary. And I I think it's something like, I don't respect other people's boundaries because maybe they don't want to hear it. Or I don't ask them if they're open to hearing about it. Like, that's another thing. So that's where I see myself with other people's boundaries. I'm like, I could... You know, kind of like reel it in and see where somebody's at before I just kind of like go for it. Lock
0: and load <laughs> and <laughs> unload. Lock and unload. I don't know that that uh, that <laughs> saying I don't think works here. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Um, so another question in this vein, when did you become aware of boundaries? Like at, at what point in your life had this concept dawned on you?
1: uh like a year and a half ago maybe i honestly i had no Mm -hmm. concept of them i went to therapy like my past relationship there were no boundaries like any any problem that was hers was mine um anything anything that i had to deal with became hers it was just like everything was just blurry and i talked it out and like you know it always goes back to, like, your childhood and, mm-hmm, you know, what were, your boundaries, what were your boundaries like with your parents? Well, like, I really didn't have any. Or, like, you know, what's the time you remember saying, like, no and somebody disrespecting it? And for me, like, I can take it back to, like, as a little kid from a sexual assault, like, not thinking I had the right
0: to mm-hmm. say no.
1: And I think I just kind of, like, shied honestly. Like, I think that kind of made a permanent impact on me thinking I had a right to be like, eh, that makes me uncomfortable because somebody challenged it early. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I had to work on in therapy it was like you have the right to like express something not being okay for you or staying out of somebody else's mess. Like that's all the things that I had to work on. But I didn't I didn't do any of it until like a
0: year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also think, you know, because you're right, a lot of it does stem from early childhood. And, you know, that's where we learn how to navigate life in the world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is relationships we have with our parents, siblings, um, you know, other people who are in our sphere. Um, And then also, yeah, if you have somebody who has assaulted you, When you've said no, I also think, um, you know, you said you felt like you didn't have a right to say no, which I agree with. I also think on top of that, it's like you learn the lesson because oftentimes with sexual assault, it's somebody who, you know, it's not usually like the stranger it's, right, yeah. it's somebody that's like a, a teacher or like a sports coach or a clergy person. It's like someone who has access to you and is in a position of authority and that you have a lot of trust with. And so I think um, you also learn uh, that that when you say no, people who you think you can trust can still uh, just go against that, right? So it's like, why bother saying no if people that I'm closest to and I'm supposedly able to trust will not respect it.
1: Yeah, or it's going to happen anyway, and right. I might as well just go, go along with it at this point. That's, I right. mean, you're, you're, you're in a five-year-old, 10-year-old's brain at that point where you're just like pff, survival mode. But you don't obviously uh, want to carry that into your adulthood. You want to be able to be like, this is fucked up, and I'm not doing this
0: hmm well I will say and like doing some research for this because I started learning about boundaries uh when I did my grad school program and you know in counseling that was something that we talked about although in some ways I, I wish it was more of a focus but my program didn't focus a lot on relationships um or family like that just wasn't the focus of my program and so I think maybe it was uh, not dived into as as deeply because we weren't focused as much on those areas um but I think the concept of personal boundaries and like that terminology only started becoming popular in like the 80s or becoming or or like even being used not even popularized just used so Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: don't think we had the words to describe that prior to, right? So, like, then I think of our parents who were all born, you and I were born in the 80s, so our parents were obviously adults at that point. You know, they're trying to raise us, like, they don't know how to impart that knowledge on us because they themselves probably have not really learned about boundaries at that point. And so, right, it's, like, it takes, like, a couple of generations over once, like, concepts are introduced to us that I think... um, that they're able to be like taught to our children.
1: Yeah, so this generation should be good to go. They should be like woke AF to boundaries.
0: Oh. Right? Hopefully. Well, I also this thought the other day, which is like semi-related to our topic, but did you ever learn about consent when you did any of like your sex ed classes in elementary, middle, or high school? Because I don't God, recall no. us no right you didn't no, talk I learned about about consent. safe
1: sex I learned about safe
0: heterosexual sex and yes uh,
1: child childbirth
0: <laughs> and yeah. STDs yes I learned about right my period childbirth safe heterosexual sex and a lot about abstinence as well and yeah yeah no other types of sex were discussed um certainly consent and like what that means and that you could revoke consent even in the middle of an act like none of that shit was ever explained and that's a boundary those are boundaries right like sexual boundaries so
1: yeah i mean during sex now i'm very like you know communicative about whether or not something is okay for me and i've always told people that like hey here's What's okay, here's what's not okay. And it's a great way to not have somebody take it too far.
0: Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. So why don't we, because I had like a list of different types of boundaries for us to talk about, and I feel like it just naturally, apparently has they wade into sexual boundaries here. Um, I feel like sexual boundaries are definitely ones you want to be communicating early and often because, one, I, I just think that probably enhances the intimacy and the trust building there. Uh, but, two, it can be a real safety thing. Like, if somebody doesn't know your boundaries and they think it's completely, you know, vanilla to do a certain act and they just pull that out on you with, uh, without checking in. Whoa, whoa! I'll let you. Uh, I'll let your imagination decide what that act is. What boundary is a line too far for you, but not for perhaps somebody else?
1: Yeah, I'm hoping Marley's gonna shut up now that we're talking about something like this. Please stop. Um. Yeah, I always have that conversation, especially with like my history. I have to tell people because I used to actually just um. Pre therapy, I would just like endure whatever anybody wanted to do to me,
0: mm-hmm. and I would
1: it would trigger me, and I would think about that shit, and it made me think like I really need to be fucked up or something to have sex and enjoy it. So now, you know, after talking through that with a therapist and figuring it out, like, you know, I kind of have to let people know, and and sometimes it's uncomfortable to tell people why, but like for me, it's like if it makes you uncomfortable and it makes you haul ass, then my boundary is. You don't get to fucking have sex with me then. And if this is too weird for you to hear or it's too uncomfortable or, you know, whatever, then we're not going to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You should want somebody who can respect you and your boundaries. It's Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's certainly easy to say, but I know I mean, I know that feeling when you like somebody and you're worried about having that conversation and how they're going to react and it can feel like rejection if they aren't willing to accept that boundary that you're trying to set but it really i don't see it as rejection it's you've just discovered a red flag in a person if they can't respect your boundary and you're better off not having proceeded or progressing further with that person um but i don't think it feels that way in the moment i think in the moment it feels like i made myself vulnerable I opened up about something. I tried to set a boundary, and then I got rejected. Like I think that's probably what it feels like in the moment for most of us.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And and and, like now I know, like I can kind of tell before I even tell somebody something like that, like whether or not they're going to be a little bit more like emotionally aware. Like looking back at some of the people that I've told, I was like, why the? Why would I have told that person that information? They couldn't handle like. Simple challenges, but to like hear something like that, uh, yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I um. I here's another thing that's so interesting about sexual boundaries. Um. I have slept with men who are younger than me. This is I don't think a surprise on the podcast. I think I may be brought up. It's certainly not a surprise to any of my friends. Uh, and I don't mean no. We're not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> And I definitely don't Get it, mean, Liz. like <laughs> like, just to be clear, these are all, like, consenting adult men. I'm not, like, you know, I'm not a predator or predatory behaviors by any stretch. Yeah,
1: you're not on a list. We got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely not. I'm allowed to pick up your kid from school if you need me to. I am there for it. Uh, but I actually, I find it much easier to set boundaries with them like I find it so easy to be up front to be like this is what I'm looking for this is what I'm okay with here are my expectations we can have fun I'm not looking for this to be a relationship if you start seeing somebody else you let me know we will stop but that's perfectly okay like I'm just laying it out when we're in the bedroom this this and this are okay that that and that are not okay you know Mm -hmm. I just I think there's probably something to it that I maybe have more confidence than someone who's younger than me, simply because um, I just know I have a little more life experience and age on them. But when I'm trying to have that conversation with... Well, again, this goes back to what I said earlier, with people who I see myself potentially having a future with, and therefore I think being closer to intimately. I have a little more trouble talking openly and setting those boundaries. I know it's something I need to do, and I do attempt my best at uh, doing that, but it is a little more difficult for me. And I think it's because it goes back to that, I'm invested a little more in them romantically, and so if I do open up, and they do not respect whatever it is I've said, it feels more like rejection whereas those young men it does not feel like rejection to me i'm like oh well yeah you're a dime thanks. a dozen i'll find myself another moving company and another moving guy thank you <laughs> oh god <laughs> thank you very much the move the moving guy
1: yeah oh. because if if it's somebody you actually like see something with and and it, What you say or what you don't want or whatever is a deal breaker, then you're like, okay, now fuck. Am I going to like miss out on what I actually thought I wanted just because I need this one thing?
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: unfortunately, yes, like that's just the way that it is. Mm
0: -hmm. It's better to
1: be upfront about it instead of like, you know, five years down the road, you're like, this has been bothering me for a very long time. Right. And now you're really invested.
0: Yeah, and then you've built up some level of resentment that like they have not figured out this thing that really bothers you all these years, Uh, but you've Mm -hmm. never expressed that it bothers you, and that they've been repeatedly crossing a line that they did not know was a line.
1: Yeah, and then then you got to get a restraining order. That's like the heart. (laughs) That's the most rigid, rigid boundary is now you have to have a restraining order. I've gotten to the point where some people, where I was like, I don't, I've never told them how I feel about anything, but I'm ready to call the police. (laughs) Like, And that's just where my mind used to go, honestly. I'd just be like, I can't figure this out, but I need to take some legal action.
0: (laughs) Well, tell me about uh, friendships and boundaries. I mean, we've talked a little bit about it already, Mary. but. I say this safely because we're scary. only on a Zoom call or FaceTime call, whatever this is. Uh, but I'm actually terrified now. I can see it in your eyes. You're booking a flight up here <laughs> to beat my ass well, over that nickname. Stri- I would
1: never strike you because I respect your physical space. Um, <laughs> with friends, I, I think for me, it's more of like a, a time thing with friends. Like if I like want to spend time with you, um, I don't want you to be late. That's like a big thing for me. like don't keep me waiting forever mm-hmm. and it really like I've had I've had a friend where she's chronically late, and I told her about it and like somehow it became, I think because she she doesn't have the same like boundary, like she doesn't care as much about time, it made me feel like I need to learn how to be more patient. Mm. you know what I mean? So yeah. Even though I have like every right to say, "Hey, I hate waiting for. Like, I hate that you're late every time. Like that's totally acceptable." But me being who I am, I was just like, you know, I need to just be more patient and not make such a big deal out of it. When really she should have been just like, "Hey, you're right. I'm late all the time."
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: that—that's kind of like two people just like clashing when it comes to their boundaries.
0: Totally, and I think sometimes with women we are so socialized to be compliant that like when we have a boundary that's clashing and there's no right or wrong right like it is absolutely okay for you to say like my time is valuable I expect and and you know I want out of my friends to be on time um and it's also okay for her to be like look I'm kind of a loosey-goosey I show up when I want to you know (laughs) fly by the seat of my pants I don't know um yeah yeah. But I feel like with women, when you have a situation like that, it's so natural for women to like reflect on themselves and be like, I guess I am being too particular about my request for her to be on time, right? Because I think we're just so, yeah. <laughs> I must be compliant. I must like reflect on myself and what it is about me that I should change in this situation. And sometimes it's like, no, actually We need to do a little bit less of that, women. Like, sometimes it's okay just to be assertive and have a fucking boundary and be okay with it.
1: Yeah. And I would try, like, I'd be like, okay, next time I'm going to be more patient and it's not going to be a big deal. And I'm not talking like five, 10 minutes late. Like, I'm not a fucking psycho. (laughs) I'm talking like 45 minutes, an hour, or hey, something like that, where I'm just like, I could have really, you know, been given more of a heads up. But, I would try to be patient and, like, it would happen again the next time. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm compromising too much. So, like, I'm still pissed off. But now, like, it, it just... Anyway, we're a little bit better with time now with that friend. <laughs> Glad <laughs> if she to hear asked it. me if she asked me something, like, last minute, like, hey, do you want to go and do this? I'm comfortable now saying, I like to have some time to make some plans. So, I'm not mm-hmm. able to do that, like no I need I, I need to plan that shit even mm-hmm. if it's just going to get dinner I don't just like to just drop what I'm doing and go
0: I yeah no I'm the same way with that um I'm sorry for any of the people out there who love spontaneity and I'm like the spontaneity killer I'm like but we didn't plan this a week ago <laughs> how could I possibly yeah. show up for dinner in an hour how
1: <laughs> I like spontaneity for myself like, I'll, if I have the day to myself, I do whatever the hell I want. But, like, I guess another boundary for me is, like, I don't like being told what to do by mm. pretty much anyone. Like, or <laughs> yeah, like that's dictated. true. I have a lot of <laughs> trouble with that, like, in the workplace, just in general. So, like, yeah, I just don't want somebody making the decisions for me. Which, actually, in my romantic partnerships, I'm more lenient with that. I'm like... I'm more comfortable with it. So it's kind of weird.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's one that I only recently kind of realized I had because I, I guess I had never even really considered like social media or online boundaries until I got rid of Facebook. And then it. I found out one day that a friend posted a picture of me online because another friend told me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. how dare they post a picture of me online? And I realized, like, my mind has shifted since I do not have social media accounts. I'm, like, very cognizant of what I put out publicly to the world. Yeah. And uh, I realized that's not always the culture. Like, it's not uncommon for people to be hanging out and to post a picture of themselves hanging out. And so that was, like, a real interesting oh, I need to think about this. Like, what am I okay with? What am I not okay with? So like when it's big group settings, I'm totally okay with people posting pictures. Like if everyone knows I'm going on a girl's trip and everyone's posting pictures from the girl's trip, totally fine. But what I struggle with is like if I go and grab a quick lunch with somebody and they take a picture there and then they post it online, especially if it's just a picture of me. Like if if they take, you know, because sometimes people do. You're or like a, f- a cancel a Woman Crush Wednesday every week now? <laughs> That's a, is that it a hashtag is. Women Crush Wednesday? Oh no. Close my Instagram account. No, <laughs> seriously
1: though. <laughs> it is a hashtag. Nobody respectable oh. uses it unless they really are just desperate. But um yeah.
0: But yeah, like I don't want I want them to give me a heads up. Like, hey, I was gonna post this picture I took of you from our yoga class. Would that be okay? Or I or I snap the shot of you know your lunch order and you're in it can can i post it like that i want somebody to ask me and if like i find yeah. out that someone has posted a picture and not asked me and it's not like a group photo then i ask them to remove it i'm like hey can you take that down i really just don't want that picture mm. of me and downward facing dog on the internet for all <laughs> <of> eternity <laughs>
1: I, I'm pretty loose about what I put on the internet as far as like my stuff. Like I, I might share more than mo- most people would. Like I share a lot about my sobriety stuff or like mental health or whatever. I don't really give a shit. I, I might share too much, which I've been reevaluating. Even on the podcast, I'm like, maybe I don't have to say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe I can keep that between like me and whoever, and don't say it. You know what I mean? Because. Mm-hmm. It, it may be a crossing a line for somebody else. So, um, yeah, social media can be, it can be like way too much.
0: Yeah. Especially with
1: like, um, like when people are tagging certain locations, that can be kind of like creepy because then people yeah. kind of know where you're at. You know, like they know what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I know we have like the share location for us, but like,
0: yeah, that's I for don't safety, need everyone. But like, Hundred yeah. percent. That's for safety. I don't need everyone knowing. Yeah. Um, I also have thought about that with regards to the podcast. Is like, what are my personal boundaries? Because a lot of the, the podcasts I listen to, um, you know, are people who kind of just share things from their lives, and I, I love that kind of casual conversation style podcast. But yeah like I still have to have and I'm okay mentioning that I'm in therapy I'm okay you know mentioning sometimes hinting at some of the things that I'm working on therapy but it's like where do I draw that line of what I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. sharing I think earlier literally in this episode I was like you know I'm not gonna get into specifics I know partly why I do this but (laughs) that's not for any of you listeners to know uh and not and then the second part of it is not feeling guilty like not just about not sharing on the podcast but so many like boundaries on the back end if I said it I I sometimes have like a feeling of guilt do you experience that you wait you feel guilty having the boundaries yeah and setting Um. them Especially if mine are more... Um,
1: Mine's opposite. I'm like, I should have shut my fucking mouth. That's that's <laughs> mine. We're like, that's me. Yeah. Now, before I probably would felt more guilty like you do. But now I kind of just, I think I say too much. <laughs> You're like, where is that I'm, balance? I'm trying I'm to fine tune it. And I'm working it. on it. Like, yeah, I'm trying to be a little more... I mean, even at work sometimes, I'm like, God, I'm really sharing a lot with these people. And they're probably just like... Just do your fucking job. And I'm like, I'm feeling disrespected. (laughs) I'm just going like down a list, and like you know, I'm getting the employees on strike. I don't know.
0: Sometimes I go out of out of control. You know what I will say though about an interesting thing when you start sharing is you start feeling more seen for who you are like people are actually seeing the real you and more of you and and there is something that's rewarding about that because it's like i'm being authentic and and i feel good about being authentic and and saying what's on my mind and being myself but yeah it is like a (laughs) double-edged sword and it's a little bit of like where is that? I just went from having all my walls up to now showing you every side of me in the course of a week
1: (laughs) yeah and and people are probably like well I don't want to share this much about me I hope she's not expecting it but and I'm not but I've noticed that the more open that I am you know to an extent the more comfortable people are talking to me people that are like really wound up tight and I'm just like okay you know you can can let it out a little bit like I'm not going to I'm not going to tell the world that may or maybe you have uh, an opinion mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. But. well um, <laughs> we have like a bunch of categories we haven't gone through yet but I do yeah. see we're pretty far into the episode I guess we had a lot to say about boundaries so I think yeah in the interest of time we can speed around maybe a couple of these uh, okay. But also perhaps come back to this topic at a later point yeah. and maybe even reflect on our journeys with boundaries because uh, you know, both you and I, I think have been working on as part of our therapy and post therapy setting boundaries. So it could be a good episode to reflect on in like six months or a year from now. Yeah, um, but I, I restarted I restarted therapy
1: last week actually.
0: Oh, good for you. Yeah. I picked a different counselor, though. Different therapist. (laughs) You know, and that's so, most therapists are totally fine with that. Um, And I think that there's can be a lot of benefit to, because you just, you know, someone comes from a different theoretical approach, and they might pick up on different things than your last one did, and have like a different way of looking at a situation and different tools they feel like they can give you to deal with it and sometimes it's helpful it just gives you more tools in the toolbox you know
1: yeah Yeah. I think I left my last therapist pretty mad at her so I just thought maybe it's time (laughs) to switch it up I don't know she cracked me open but god I think maybe it was just time Anyway, (laughs) speed round.
0: (laughs) Yeah, lightning round. Uh, (laughs) Thoughts on work boundaries. Good at setting them, bad at setting them. What are your work boundary thoughts?
1: Uh, I was bad at them that I pretty much had a snapping point recently, and I was like, listen, I'm not taking my laptop home. Anybody who calls me after four is dead to me. I'm not going to care about this more than you are. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. And I don't know if it's well received, but. I have stuck to it and I feel relief. Nice. Ow. Yeah, I'm good with you certain work from boundaries. Home,
0: so. I do. And that's interesting cuz that's created issues I didn't used to have before. It's a lot easier to blur particularly my space. So I've tried very hard to have like my desk which is where I work and then everywhere else in the home which is the personal space. But I find mm. myself bringing my little laptop over to my couch, and then my couch no. is no longer my personal space. So no, I'm, I'm actually working on reaffirming those boundaries. Um, I am pretty good with not responding to emails unless they're urgent. I do a job where I am on call occasionally, so obviously that I know that that's part yeah. of the job, and I do do, do, I do, do that do do that i think that's right anyways uh this uh, speed round is going really slow that's what i'm working on with my work boundaries um okay family boundaries that's our last lightning round
1: Oof. i'm italian <laughs> there is no boundaries in an italian family every problem becomes your problem everything is like taken personal But, like, I, me and my brother are the only people to have gone to therapy in my entire family, I'm pretty sure. Like, actually Mm -hmm. talk about something in therapy instead of just, like, say, hey, can you give me some Xanax? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's pretty much, like, what, what we have done. And we have learned to kind of just, like, pull away because we both are very good at, like, problem solving. We're very, like, emotionally involved in stuff. So, like, example, for the hurricane, I would have loved to, like, pack my shit, and go over there and just, like, unfuck everything in a week. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to do it, but I was like, I have a job. I'm watching this dog. I have a, a place with power. I'm going to go ahead for a day, bring my parents a generator, show them how to operate it, check in on them, give them a hug, hear what they have to say, make sure they're good, and then I'm going to leave. Yeah. And it was hard to leave because I could tell my mom was very, like, emotional. But I was like, you know, they're okay. They're adults. I need to learn how to, like, back it off. Mm-hmm. And, and and it worked out. They're fine, you know. They appreciated me coming. And I don't think they took it personally that I left. But before, I would have been like, I'm just a piece of shit for coming back here. Mm-hmm. And now I don't take that stuff with me anymore. I'm just kind of like, I'm my own person. You're your own person. We're family. But we don't have to be, like,
0: yeah. You don't have to fix other people's problems, especially if they're people who are capable adults of fixing their own problems. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's like a big one for me. It looks and manifests a bit different in my parental relationship. Um, But mine is really, (laughs) you know, been learning that certain needs aren't met by one of my parents. And like, that's okay. you know, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not okay, but it is what it is, and I'm okay. Uh, And so, my personal boundary is not trying to compensate the relationship and make it something that it's not. Like, I'm 38 years old, and our relationship is what it is, and I'm not going to continue to be like the only person that's rowing a boat. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a good metaphor. But you imagine me and another person in a boat who's capable and has an oar, and they're just staring at me rowing the boat. And I'm just, I'm not going to do it, you know?
1: Yeah, and I imagine just because I know you and how aware you are of this type of stuff, like any positive thing that you could have done to, like, try to improve it, you've already done.
0: Oh, dear God. 38 years of it.
1: Yeah, you're like... (laughs) You're not just like sitting there saying I'm not going to take any action ever. You probably already tried. So
0: so many actions. Yeah, I tried like holding the oar in the other person's <laughs> hand and teaching them the motion. I mean, you could take the metaphor. I got a all trolling motor. I put it on the back
1: of it actually. <laughs> I got exhausted from rowing.
0: <laughs> Pedal kayak? Oh, my gosh. Why was that the metaphor that popped out to my head? Like, me and another person in a boat <laughs> going nowhere. I don't know. I guess it's because we're going nowhere. And that's just fine. That's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. uh, what do you say you and I get in a boat next week? And we do row somewhere. I think we actually have a topic picked out, don't we? Intimacy? I, no, politeness. So. Politeness. politeness. yes. Yeah yeah spoiler alert coming next week
1: (laughs) and then we'll come back to this another time
0: yes definitely this is obviously a topic we could talk more on so we shall revisit all right well stay in your lane lady (laughs) (laughs) one more metaphor before we close out (laughs) have a good week see
1: you next time see you next time